It's the Sunday Sports Shootout here on WLUW 88.7 FM. I'm Nick Schultz, and I am very excited to welcome in Chuck Swirsky, the radio play-by-play man for the Bulls alongside Bill Wennington during every game. And he did a whole show on draft night. And that's a big topic of discussion here is the Bulls drafting of Patrick Williams. And Chuck, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm really happy you could be here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You know what, Nick? I'm going to share a story with you. When I first came to Chicago, I was invited to come on the school's radio station. And the guy who gave me an interview, um, and we talked, and he was a student by the name of Brian Wheeler. Uh-huh. And Brian went on to become an NBA announcer with um, Sacramento and Seattle and Portland. And um, it is amazing that, um, you know, when I was doing DePaul, then he was doing Loyola. And trust me when I say this, the rivalry between the Blue Demons and the Ramblers in the 80s was extremely intense super intense. You had Ray Meyer, Joey Meyer, Gene Sullivan, and I mean, it was ferocious. It really was. Yeah, I've heard the stories, and I mean, you go back to even now, Frederick Hughes on the Loyola end, and those oh, guys, yeah. those guys were, those guys were awesome. Uh, Frederick Hughes was a great college player, and uh, some of the best memories I had about Frederick is that he would take a game, and he would just demoralize the opponents, because he was strong, he could get to the rim, he had a nice mid-range jumper, and as we know, he was a first-round pick in the NBA. He was. Yeah, he was one of the one of the last Loyola players to play in the NBA until Milton Doyle a few years ago. Yep. Yeah. But speaking of players playing in the NBA, uh, the Bulls took Patrick Williams, number four overall, in this week's draft. I'm sure my reaction was similar to many on Bulls Twitter in that I don't know who he is. So I'm just going to start right out, Chuck. Who is Patrick Williams? Well, he's a high school kid um, from North Carolina, heavily recruited, Nick. I mean, he was a five-star recruit. Everybody wanted him. And one thing about, um, you know, as I saw Patrick play, remember, this was a deep Florida State team. This is the, the mojo, so to speak, of the head coach, Leonard Hamilton. He plays a lot of guys, and he was fourth out of a 10-man rotation. Think about this, Nick. 10 men in a rotation. And he was fourth in minutes played as a freshman. And, I mean, everyone knows he's athletic. I mean, like, the guy is off the charts athletic. Not like you. I mean, you're, you're cut above Patrick Williams. I get that. But I'm talking about, like, super freak athletic where he can just play above the rim. I mean, he's got these long arms, big hands, and – yeah, he is going to grow into this position. And Florida State, and the great thing where this game is going with the NBA is where it's become a positionless league. Well, Florida State plays that way. And if you follow ACC basketball, you know that Florida State, uh, the type of kid they recruit, if you can't play defense for Leonard Hamilton, you're not playing. And, you know, they may recruit you as a four- and five-star guy, but let me tell you what, once you sign on the dotted line, once you step into the gym on the first day of practice, he doesn't care whether you're four, five, two, a walk-on, whatever. 
if you don't buy in and play defense the way he wants you to, you're sitting on the bench. But I think it's a great pickup uh, because everyone knew the first three picks in, in no particular order. Was it going to be Ball? Was it going to be Edwards? Was it going to be Wiseman? Uh, you know, whatever the case may be. But then the Bulls with the fourth pick. And I know a number of teams tried to trade up to get somewhere around five, six. And the Bulls probably, I'm sure, teams called them and said, what are you doing at four? You want to slip back? And they said, absolutely not. We want this kid. Yeah, I didn't really hear his name much, to be honest with you. I mean, I listen to the radio pretty much every day, and I didn't really hear Patrick Williams' name until around, I think it was draft day was the first day I really heard it, heard some rumors the day before. Do you think maybe if the NCAA tournament happened, and I know with COVID and everything, I, I wish it happened, but I understand why it didn't. Do you think maybe he'd have been a little more visible in that NCAA tournament if they'd have played it? Here's the story about the NCAA tournament is that uh, it's almost like filling out a bracket where you, people know nothing about SF Austin. Or a few years ago, they knew nothing about Loyola. Then all of a sudden, you know, it becomes a great story. Loyola, who are these kids? They're winning at the buzzer. They're going great. And all of a sudden, these players become bigger than life. Now, scouts who are, are around gyms, around practices, or at games in November and January, who see Florida State or Loyola, or you know, let's even forget about the top 25 schools. These scouts go everywhere. So listen, Patrick Williams was on the radar for a long time, probably even you know, with high school tape, with AU tape. So him coming into the lottery was no surprise. He was gonna be a lottery pick regardless of whether or not he was on somebody's radar as a fan the last couple, three weeks, or even five days leading to the draft. They knew what Patrick Williams was all about. So the fact that he was picked this high, it really doesn't surprise me because teams now have got to have versatility. Teams have got to have athleticism and teams want character. And you can check the box on all three with this kid. Now, have you had the chance to talk to him at all? I know you were busy on draft night. I, I have not met him. I have not spoken to him. I'm anxious to get to know him. But in this COVID world, that may have to wait a while because, as you know, things are changing. And, and even perhaps one day, maybe if vaccine is around, things will kind of get back to normal, whatever normal is going to look like. So, But there will be a time where I have a chance to meet him and then I'll have an opportunity to get to know him. So now going back to him as a player, obviously the narrative on social media and on like the sports pundits, as I'll put it, I guess, was that the Bulls took a chance on this kid. He's got a high upside. He was considered a raw talent. Well, Arturis Karnaschovas kind of pushed back on that, said he wasn't a raw talent. And with Karnaschovas in town and Billy Donovan as coach, what role do you see Patrick Williams playing and how do you see him developing? Well, I, I think the operative word here is developing. And, and I think the Bulls have really done a fantastic job in the offseason, Nick, uh, increasing the amount of um, player development coaches. I mean, re realistically, honestly, we had one, and that was Sean Resford. Uh, now that staff has grown, and it had to grow. 
because right now, if you get a kid like Patrick Williams, who by no stretch of the imagination is a finished product, he's 19, second youngest player in the draft, you're going to get a kid who's going to learn a lot about himself and a lot about his strengths. He's going to polish his weaknesses, and you use that staff to coach him up. So, um, you know, I understand where our tourist was coming from because whenever you hear the word project or he's raw, to me, the first thing I hear that is, well, you know, the guy is like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the highest, a project or somebody that's raw is like a three or four. And that's not the case. This, this kid is, is he NBA ready? Yes, he will play NBA minutes. To what extent that's up to Billy Donovan, but it's not like they're getting a kid who just picked up a basketball a year and a half ago. I mean, this kid has been a gym rat for a long time, but like all young players, they're going to they're gonna learn the game. This is a different world here we're talking about than um, ACC basketball. As, as competitive as the ACC is, it's light years behind the NBA. These are men now when you come in to the NBA. They are big and they're strong and they're fast. And you know what? He'll get it. The green light bulb will go on and everything will be fine. And you know, people are going to have to be patient. But athletically, he is NBA ready. And he will pick up the sport and the game itself with the nuances of the game and the tricks of the trade, so to speak, as the more experience comes into play. So it sounds like Bulls fans should really be excited about him. Absolutely. Here, here's the reason why they should be excited. They got a player that is going to be here a long time. They got a player that's going to be a rotation player that will add to what they already have. And they're going to get a competitive guy who brings it every single night, who's coachable and who has character. That's what I'm excited about because there, I think there are certain players right now in the draft, Nick, that were taken in that you know 5 to 11 range where I think they've already hit their ceiling. And that's not bad because they're good players. But, you know, when if somebody hits a ceiling – at 21, 22 years old, or let's say they, they go maybe and hit the ceiling their second year in the league. Well, that tells me this player is going to have to make adjustments, major adjustments, as their career uh, develops into an increasing uh, volume of years. And because, you know, once you hit that ceiling, it's really, really difficult to make that next jump. Um, so in this case, Patrick Williams, I mean, he, his ceiling is as high as you, you want it to go. I mean, once his offensive game comes into play, because I think defensively he can switch already. He's got the athleticism to do a lot of things. Even if he gets beat on the first bounce off the dribble, he can recover quickly. So, uh, those are, you know, I saw a lot of tape of them. His ball denial is superb. He, he's just a really smart player. Talking with Chuck Swirsky here, the radio voice of the Bulls on 670, the score about the uh, the NBA draft. And I feel like we could talk about the NBA draft as a whole all day. But I do want to talk a little more about the 
front office because seeing them take a swing on a guy like Patrick Williams, it sounded like I listened to Arturis' interviews with ESPN 1000 and 670 The Score. Sounded like he was locked in on it from the start. So what do you think this pick says about the front office and the new trajectory they want to take? Well, what it tells me, Nick, is they want versatility. They want players who um, can play multiple positions. They want on both ends of the floor. And I think that they're going after players who can defend on the ball defense, um, which is not easy in this league. This is a very skilled, gifted sport. You get to this level, Nick, at the NBA level, and these players are here for a reason because they're really, really good. And it's hard to guard one-on-one in this league. you got to stay in front of them, and it's easier said than done. I get that. But this kid is just – it's one day where they draft. They're going to continue to add on. uh, But you can see the vision right now who – what our tourists and what Mark want in a player, and that's athleticism, strength, tenacity, um, the ability to um, adapt and make changes along the way. And, you know, I, I just think that when we look back at this draft, you're going to have some teams above the Bulls in the top three, and they're going to say, wow, I wish I would have picked him. That vision that you talk about with the front office, it can kind of come into shape now that free agency started. Free agency was nuts last night. I saw your, you gave a shout out to Woj and Shams for their work. I mean, they were, they were all over everything last night. Yeah. Well, you know what, Nick, they, they have an intel and they're real tight with agents and they're real tight with a lot of people in the front office of teams. And they have built up the trust uh, for a lot of people in this league and more power to them. And what happens is agents will call and say, we just signed a player. And trust me, agents have egos too. They want to get their name out there that they just signed a player to a a four-year, $80 million deal or, you know, big money. Or, hey, I just got a fringe player who's probably going to be maybe the eighth, ninth player coming off the bench, but I just gave them $8 million a year. So all this is... All this is part of the game, and it is a game. It's a game within the game. And that's why, as you mentioned, on Friday night at 6 p.m. Eastern time, when free agency began, and it just started clicking, clicking, clicking. It was, like, unbelievable. You know, my wife Ann was saying, you know, Charlie, what, what, I mean, like, you're locked into this. And I said, you would not believe, you know, What Plumley got? He got three years, twenty-five million with the Pistons, and then all of a sudden, you know, these all these signings were taking place, and it was like Dwight Howard says he's come back to Lakers. No, he's going to Philly. And that was, was so a, that was so crazy to follow. <laughs> you know, where's yeah. Trevor Reason today? He's only been with like three thousand teams in a day and a half. <laughs> he's getting bounced around. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, Shams is a Loyola guy, right? I know that. Yeah, he was a senior when I was a freshman, to give you an idea. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Well, good for him. Back to the vision for Connor Chauvis and Eversweet. Like, I keep saying, you got to trust him. And I think, I think they're going about it the right way. Yeah, and, you know, you can see, 
again, we still have a long way to go. And, you know, I, even though we have training camp coming up in, in a period of two and a half, three weeks or whatever, um, you know, there is no panic button right now with our tourists uh, because I, I do think that he has a plan and he's not going to rush into things. He's not going to make some big splash to win the press conference. Um, I think he wants to ascertain and look at the team on the floor for a year. I mean, listen, if he's offered a, a package he can't refuse, he's going to pull the trigger on the deal. I get that. That's his job. That's every, every general manager and vice president of basketball operations job. You have to listen, period. I, I totally understand that. But I also think he's coming in. He's seen a lot of tape. But watching tape is one thing, and optics on a, on a blank canvas is another. And what I believe is going to happen is that he's going to look and he's going to take his time and he's going to see players. He's going to evaluate players during the course of the season. And then he's probably going to decide, okay, here's how I want to mold this ball club. And then he'll make the appropriate changes. But um, I do like what I, I, I like what he says and I like his vision and I like the fact that he has made significant changes in the front office and the style and the particular foundation that he's creating. Um, and every, everything has a purpose, whether it's Patrick Williams, whether it's stashing the, the seven-footer from Serbia, whether it's you know picking up Garrett Temple on a one-year deal for different layers, that why we're going to use him. So all these things, very important. And I think what I like most about him is you, you see what he's doing and he's very methodical, but you listen to him talk about it. He's the exact same way. He takes you through everything step by step. And I love how methodical he is. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's a guy that actually thinks before he speaks. You know, good. and yeah, it is good. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And, um, and so listen, you know, I think everyone, there's a, um, if, if we look when Derek Rose came to Chicago in 2008 for the first three and a half years before he got hurt, I mean, there was such a great bulls buzz. And then of course, you know, we went through some very difficult seasons period. Um, but I, I think there's a, a changing vibe among bulls fans right now. They're willing to give this new front office a chance. They brought in Billy Donovan. You know, this guy's a proven winner. It's not like some guy that had one good year and then kind of had three so-so years and a bad year and we're recycling a coach. Billy Donovan can coach. I mean, you know, he he was an outstanding player of Providence. And, and you know, Rick Pitino, when he was the head coach of the Knicks, who coached him at Providence, basically brought him in, even though he was a rookie with the Knicks. Billy Donovan, I could already tell, was just absorbing so much about the NBA game. And then he went to Marshall. One year at Marshall, fantastic job. Florida, everyone knows what he did in Florida, two back-to-back -back championships. And, you know, for five years, I thought, did a terrific job with Oklahoma City because that Oklahoma City situation with big names, you know, 
leaving and then what are we going to do here they make a trade all of a sudden chris paul is in westbrook is out and i thought billy donovan probably did his best coaching job with oklahoma city this past year my last question for you chuck and thanks again for the time how excited are you for this year well i'm excited well my wife's excited because i'll be out of the house um <laughs> You think you think I'm laughing? <laughs> um, so, oh no, I got gotcha. you. No. But but it's all good. You know what? I'm excited because I want to. I I want to see this team. Number one, I want to see basketball. But I want to see the Bulls play. I want to see them play on the floor. I want to find out what they have, because you know you only get a sample size when with Carter and Marketen on the floor and Zach Levine and Otto Porter and whoever is going to play the point. I mean, and by the way, the kid Dotson out of Kansas is really good. I'm just letting you know that they signed him to a two-way. He's really good. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Nick, uh, I just want to see this team on the floor, and I can't wait for the day where the United Center, where we have 20,000 people back there, and people are going crazy about the Bulls. Yeah, I'm hoping that day comes sooner than later. It'd be great to have the fans back in the stands because I know I'm excited about Bulls basketball for the first time in a while. Like, well, this excited about Bulls yep. basketball for the yep. first time in a while. And I'm with you, though. I've been living at home since March. My parents want me out of the house sooner than later. Yes, they so will probably do. I, right. I'm right there with you. So, we yes. have been talking with Chuck Swirsky. Chuck, thank you again for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Nick, my pleasure. Thank you.